You're listening to Trip 360 on Mousecapades Radio, sharing your magical moments and spreading pixie dust around the world. The following is an original production of the Mousecapades Radio Network. Mousecapades Studios. Here are your hosts. Happy Friday, Mousecapades listeners. This is Vicki, and I'm here with Tony Crane. We pray that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 885, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades and More podcast. Before we get started, we'd like to remind you that I can plan a magical trip for you anywhere in the world. Text me, Vicki, for a free quote at 636-373-4497. So Tony and his family went to Disneyland Paris, and they're going to share that adventure. So welcome, Tony. And I'm excited to hear about this. Hey, Vicki. Thanks for having me. So you guys went about when? <laughs> well, this this the planning all sort of started, uh, I guess, about this time last year, because the main goal was actually go see the Cubs and Cardinals in London. Oh, okay, cool. And so then I started thinking about it and I thought, boy, it wouldn't uh, it wouldn't take that much more effort and pain to take the channel, although they don't call it the channel there. And if they, if, if you call it the channel there, they look at you funny, but <laughs> we took, we took the channel over to um, Paris and did, uh, I don't know, five or six days there after we had done three or four in London, it was the tail end of June wrapped into the first part of July. I want to say we got back maybe July 2nd, right before the 4th of July. Very cool. And how was the weather over there? Uh, it was about the same as here, frankly. Oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't, uh, it, you know, London, the weather was great. You know, it, it rained once for 15 minutes, maybe. Paris was pretty much fine the whole time. Uh, we did get a little bit of drizzling in the morning one day at Disneyland Paris, but not enough to, to matter. I mean, those those international parks that are open year round are more prepared for nasty weather more places inside more places to take shelter things like that so it was no big deal so what an adventure to be able to go to london and paris in one trip and you guys you and your younger daughter went correct you guys and your younger daughter yeah that's that's true um our our two older ones are one's married now one's uh you know she's 26 not married but uh you know long time boyfriend so we haven't done a full on family trip with all of them in quite some time that price tag gets kind of crazy. So um, this was the first trip where it was just uh, me and Stacy and our youngest, Kinley. And uh, we wondered how it was going to go, but it ended up being great. We had a great time, got along great, had a good time, never got bored. Um, our vacations tend to, uh, we tend to come home from vacation and then we need to rest. Right. We, we don't, uh, we don't rest when we go on vacation. That's, that's, that's not how we work. Well, that's okay. It's what makes it fun. Right. I am totally clueless because I've never been out of the country. So you're going to have to lead us. So you left here and went to London first is what you're saying. Correct. Yeah, we flew into London. And then um, from London, we took the channel, which is 
a bullet train that goes under the uh, under the it's they call it the channel tunnel it it goes under the english channel uh and it gets to paris in 90 minutes and it costs and it's i want to say it was 39 dollars a piece wow uh one one way so it makes it worthwhile to consider if if you're going all the way over there and you know you're not super rushed for time it's not difficult to take a eurostar take the t- take the channel it lets you off uh, you know, nowadays you can find it, uh, very detailed information of exactly where you go after you get off the trains and stuff like that. Um, you know, we we took a couple more trains to get to our hotel. We stayed in Paris and did, you know, the Louvre and the Eiffel Tower. And um, we, we went through the catacombs, which was super cool. Lots of things before we had the park days, which are which were basically at the tail end of our trip. And then the last day consisted of very early morning uh, train back from Disneyland Paris to the station where the bullet train is mm-hmm. bullet train back to London train from London St. Pancras station to Heathrow Heathrow to Chicago Chicago to St. Louis so that last day was I, I think it was you know because we were going with time so I think that last day was about 32 hours of travel. Oh my goodness. That would be a lot. Yeah, but it was worth it. I mean, you know, if you're going to pay for plane tickets to go over to, to Europe, then you might as well, um, you know, look at the idea. If you're, if you're big Disney parks, people, you know, look at the idea of taking a couple extra days and, um, you know, working your way to Paris. And I know that you guys have loved Disney as long as, well, as long as I've known your family, Vicki was talking to me, um, about having her neighbor on the show. And then she told me your name and I just died laughing because we had a connection from our, from our kids being in marching band together. And now your youngest is in marching band. I understand. Yeah, that's right. She's, she's on the drum line and she's, she's very good actually. So it's a lot of fun to watch. That's awesome. Well, so I'm excited that you got to do like the Louvre and all that kind of stuff too, because it sounds like amazing vacation, but I can understand why you guys were tired. So you spent two days, did you say at Disneyland Paris? No, it was three. Okay. Um, yeah, it was it was three. We figured we figured two days for Disneyland Paris, and then one day for the Studios Park, and then um, I actually uh, three days is is right where it starts making sense to look at an annual pass. Um, the reason for that is they, they now they did just change their how their passes are and, and the benefits and stuff, but uh, so. Uh, before any of your listeners would take this, take this for, you know, gospel, uh, look it up because right after I bought my annual pass, it changed, but I was able to buy, buy the, I forget what they call them, not companion passes, uh, but they're, but they're greatly discounted passes and you can buy five, you can buy five in the span of six days. So basically, um, and you get a discount on food, you get a discount on merchandise, you know, just like annual passes in the States. So it made it right on the bubble of if it was worth it or not to do it rather, rather than just paying out of pocket. But I thought, well, you know, I'm sure we're, I'm sure we're going to buy merchandise and stuff like that, which I think was a 25% um, discount. So I wow. still have an infinity annual pass until sometime in June. If we get some kind of wild hair to go back over there, I've actually been an annual pass holder at Hong Kong, Disney. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, annual pass holder at Hong Kong Disney, uh, a whopping $35 for an annual pass at Hong Kong Disney. That's amazing. Right. That's why um, if you're looking for the cranes, you'll probably find us at an international park before you find us in, in Florida. Uh, uh, that's the way it's been for us the past, I don't know, seven or eight years, probably. 
That's awesome, though. What a cool thing for your family to do together. Yeah, the the one thing I want to make the one point I want to make sure people understand because you know people people think oh international parks you know they they think number one you know maybe super expensive or number two I've never been anywhere you know language barrier or things like that all those things especially especially on the Disney properties are. Uh, like like language barrier is virtually not a problem. Everybody speaks uh, English to some degree. The signs are always in English plus whatever native language uh, the park is in. You know, one of our trips, we went to Shanghai Disneyland. And then from there, we went to Hong Kong Disneyland. Uh, same kind of deal. We're like, if we're halfway around the world, let's tack on four more days and a short flight. I think that flight was... I don't know, a couple hours at the most. Um, so it's it's not nearly as scary as some people think to go do those parks. Most of the time, while it costs a little bit more to get there, it's far cheaper once you're there. Like like I said, like I said, Hong Kong Disneyland, my my annual pass was thirty five dollars. It just seems so crazy, right? And if you know what you're doing with flights, it's not so bad. And then people go, well, what about visas? And well, there's a little known rule that I used going in and out of Shanghai. Uh, you don't have to get a visa. If Shanghai is your stopover location, that's why we went ahead and went to Hong Kong on top of it, because for the price of the visas, it was less expensive for me to get flights to Hong Kong. And from, from Hong Kong airport, it's, it is incredibly easy to get to Disneyland. Disneyland Hong Kong. So, you know, there's just all kinds of little tricks and uh, tricks and so forth, but it's more painful and sometimes more expensive to get there, but it's almost always cheaper once you are there. It balances out. Yeah, I do know the flights are really expensive. I had to book a European trip for this summer for a family and I was cringing at the prices, (laughs) but that does make sense. What you're saying is once you get over there, then it equals out probably. Right. That's, that's the thing. And that's what people don't think about. And there are two things regarding flights that I wouldn't mind sharing with your with your folks. There's a there's a service that I use. It's called it, well, it was called Scotch Cheap Flights, and it it was fifty bucks a month. I think it's still fifty bucks a month now. I think they changed the name to Going. Um, I haven't had to re up my subscription yet, so I don't know. But it's so it's fifty bucks a year. But um, you can put in your home airport or any other airport that you'd like to see, you know, crazy deals that come along. Like, for example, you know, if I'm going to go to Europe or um, Japan or Shanghai or Hong Kong for Disney, my airport is not going to be St. Louis. My airport is going to be Chicago or Dallas or Los Angeles. Okay. So you can put some of those airports that you're that you're interested in seeing travel from. And you can also earmark the places that you'd like to see deals to go to. So, you know, you'll see others too, but, but Scotch cheap flights are going now. They, they specialize in just crazy deals, sometimes mistakes, airline mistakes, they'll post it and it'll last for an hour or two hours. But if you jump on it, it's, it happens quickly. Like um, my daughter and her husband, fiance at the time got round trip tickets from St. Louis to uh, Tokyo to go to Tokyo to uh, Tokyo Disneyland uh, for three hundred and fifty dollars. Oh my gosh! Right, and so those deals are out there. So before people just dismiss the idea of going to international parks as some pie in the sky fantasy, it's not. You just need to know where to look. You need to be, you know, you need to be prepared and uh, you know be a little bit flexible at times. But it's it's totally doable. I mean, I've I've done it multiple times. That's great. I, yeah, I have never heard that before. 
at all. And that would have been great for that family. Their, their flight got canceled. We're still fighting to get money back. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's that, that's I mean, going is one. And then the other one that I always look at is uh, Travel Zoo. Uh, Travel Zoo always has constantly just has, um, you know, incredible pro- pl- flights, uh, flight prices to places that uh, you might think that you would never get to go, uh, you know, $550 to the Maldives I saw a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I, it, I, it is very, very hard for me to not push the button. I almost push the button. But just because, you know, normally that's an $1,800 flight. Easy. Yeah. But um, yeah, so Travel Zoo is fantastic. I, I mean, I'll tell you that I'm I'm looking right now at a, an 11-day trip with eight days in country in South Africa on a safari including all the flights, including the all the hotels, and including uh, some activities, some meals for $15.99 a person. That's amazing. Right. So it's out there. They're out there. You just have to know where to look. It's very cool. So let's talk Disneyland Paris, or you could talk about any of them because I forgot you've been to many of them. So you've been to- All of them. Yeah. Shanghai, Hong Kong. So which one is your favorite then? Absolutely no question. It's Tokyo Disneyland. And Tokyo Disneyland is the problem. Because if you go to Tokyo Disneyland, and then you try to go to Florida, or you try to go to California, it's nothing is the same. It's it Tokyo Disney will ruin the stateside Disney parks for you. If you're like, I I, well, you know, yeah, but I mean, it's, I mean, it's cool. It, It is just immaculate. It's owned by the, the Oriental Land Company, which is the Japanese government, um, which means that they basically have they have no budget. Um, they the, the Imagineers at Disney can do whatever they want to do. And then it's up to the people in Tokyo to maintain everything. And everything is just spotless. You know, they don't have a Yeti that hasn't worked since 2007, for example. Right. You know, uh, it is everything there is immaculate. It is uh, by far the two best Disneyland and Disney Sea in Tokyo, the two best uh, parks. And my favorite, my favorite Disney ride in the world is at Disney Sea, and it's Sinbad's Storybook Voyage, which is um, if you can if you can think it's 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 ten minutes long ish, and it is all animatronics the size of the Small World dolls. Okay, but with the movement of some of the best A100s that Disney makes. And there are, I don't know, 200 of them in the ride. It's crazy. And and the music was written by um, Alan Menken that wrote the uh, music for uh, Little Mermaid. You walk out of that ride not understanding a word of what they said, and you're singing the tune. Yeah. The only line that you know, if you're, if you're an English speaker, the only not line that you hear is compass of your heart. But the 10-minute long ride tells you the story without understanding a word of what's going on it 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 uh, the music moves you the animatronics are crazy this are, are crazy incredible the sets are uh, huge it's just it is it's in my opinion the best disney ride in the world followed only by pirates of the caribbean and shanghai that that, that my stacy got off that ride crying it was because it was that it was that good Kaylee has showed me, shown me videos of there. And I'm like, I stopped watching them because I'm like, I don't want to know what we don't have because it makes me sad. 
That's right. That's Stacy did the same thing. Stacy thought, you know what? I'm I'm not going to watch any videos. I don't know. What, I, we maybe someday we'll go there. I was like, we're never going to go to Shanghai. And then we went to Shanghai, and she was the only one that hadn't watched it. And she got off the ride just she couldn't believe how good it was. And then I'll tell you, you know, the videos are great, but they do not do it justice at all. It's it is, you know, it's it's crazy. It's intense. Well, that's how I was when we went to because I had heard that. Pirates was so great in Disneyland versus Disney World. And I got finally mm-hmm. got to go there this summer. And I was like, yeah, it is better. It's longer too. So. Oh, yeah. I think the Disneyland Pirates is a good, I don't know, six or seven minutes longer than the, the Disney World one. It's crazy. So that's your favorite. So that's your favorite of all. Do you have a favorite castle from one of the three parks? The Shanghai looks amazing. It, it, but you know what? It's almost when you're there, it's almost it's it's sort of just industrial, maybe. Um, you know, I would probably have to say the Paris Castle, um, uh, mostly because of the dragon that lives underneath it. Um, you know, there's a there's a cavern underneath cavern system underneath with a with a massive dragon that that it its only point is just to be in there for the people that happen to wander in. And it's chained up and and it, it naps, but it wakes up every once in a while and, you know, blows smoke and stuff like that. So it's 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 a pretty cool castle. That is very that sounds very cool. Yeah, that that dragon is 30 feet long, 40 feet long. So the foods are similar. or I mean, I'm, I'm guessing they're not similar than what we have because they cater to their people or. Well, it's it's a little bit about, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, in, in you know, France is one of the best places for food in the world. Ironically, the Disney parks in France uh, probably have the worst food out of all the Disney parks. Oh, sad. In, in the world. I mean, you know, we've been to all of them. Paris is about the worst. Maybe because it's more of a locals destination, kind of like, you know, Disneyland, but even maybe even a little bit more so. The foods the foods are pretty much pretty much normal the, at Paris. The foods get a little weird in Hong Kong. You know, uh, freeze-dried squid at the at the vending carts on main street instead of wow. uh, popcorn. And, and in Tokyo, I'm, you know, Tokyo is about as Americanized as you could, as you could be flavored popcorns all over the parks, which um, are all fantastic. And, and at rope drop in the morning in Tokyo, it is, you better run. You have to run. Everybody runs and all the workers go, no run, no run. But everybody runs. And, oh my gosh. And, and and some people run to the popcorn carts first. There's a honey popcorn right outside the Winnie the Pooh ride. What a cool idea. That ride, by the way, is is probably the best ride at Disneyland, and it's Winnie the Pooh. Um the honey popcorn carts right up front. And if you're not there early, it's a half hour line all the time. That is crazy. Yeah. It's a whole different world to go to these other places, but it's also very cool. You know, the you know, for example, in in Disney World, there's uh, on the hunt on the Winnie the Pooh ride. There's um, one room as you're riding through on the honey pot where Tigger kind of jumps in front of your car. You, you know, he kind of like as you're kind of rolling through the room, Tigger is you know bouncing through the room with you. Well, in Tokyo, the car doesn't bounce; the whole room bounces. Oh, cool! It was the first trackless ride, so so you never know exactly where you're going to go. But you 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 go into Tigger's room. And he pops out and starts talking, you know, singing in Japanese. The, you know, um, the wonderful thing about Tiggers is yeah. he starts singing that song and the room, everything around you starts bouncing, including your car. That is very cool. Yeah, it's very, very different. And it's cool to see the way 
different rides are done in different places. Um, you know, like in Paris, Big Thunder Mountain is an island and the the loading dock is on shore. So, you know, the way that ride begins is with a long tunnel that goes underneath, um, you know, the lagoon out to the um, uh, out, out to the island. Um, at Disneyland Paris, they don't have Phantom or they don't have uh, Haunted Mansion. They have Phantom Manor, which is the identical track layout of uh, Disneyland and Disney World's Haunted Mansions, but a completely different uh, theme. Uh, it's a little darker. It's actually narrated uh, by Vincent Price. It was one of the last things he did before he died. That's awesome. Love him. Yeah. And then like in Hong Kong, there's no there's no Haunted Mansion because um, their culture views ghosts in a completely different way. So instead, they they built Mystic Manor, which is um, a com- completely different take on the supernatural kind of thing. Um, you, you basically chase a monkey around a, a, a mansion in trackless vehicles and the monkey causes havoc. And it is a, a very, very, it's, it's the best ride at Hong Kong Disneyland, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so it is, it's fun to go to these different places and see, uh, see how the, what you think, you know, is not accurate in other places. There's the tower of terror at, uh, Tokyo Disney sea, just so extra- extravagant and over the top. And, it, and the storyline is all different. And it's about Harrison Hightower, uh, who, who's a, an artifact finder. And he found a thing called the Shariki. And the Shariki, he brings it back with him to his hotel that he owns. And uh, it wreaks havoc on the hotel. So it's the, it's the ride you know, but not the ride you know. That's cool. Yeah, I, I don't know that we'll ever get to. I would love to say, yes, I know I'm going to go to one of those other parks, but. I'm still kind of scared to leave the country. <laughs> and and I get it. You, you know, people are people can be that way. But I'm telling you, I, I have helped countless people break through that fear. And I don't think I've had anybody regret it. It's very easy to the point where one time when we went to Tokyo, we took my mom and dad with us and they had never been anywhere, never gone to any place. And, you know, they were at the time. I don't know, 75, something like that. It was just, it was really cool to see them experience something that crazy and that different. I would, I would encourage you, you know, step out of the, uh, the shell a little bit, you know, if, you know, some people have, um, it's hard to do because of money and things like that. And that's totally understandable. And that's where, you know, you, you have to really crunch the numbers. And if you can find the right flight, that's the whole key. If you can find the right flight. That's very cool. So, did you have any other favorites or that you wanted to specifically talk about from the different parks against what we have here in the States? I think we had gone to Disney World, I don't know, at least 25 times for usually we do we do we would do the parks for nine to 10 days. So I think we had had that many days at the Disney parks before we were like, what about doing something else? I, you know, Stacey and I were talking, well, what about showing our kids that there's someplace other than here, you know? still get our Disney fix, but at the same time, expose them to other cultures and other people and other parts of the world and how other places do things. And so, you know, that's, there, there's a real value to that and still get your Disney fix. Yes. You know, I still got to get my fix. Right. So, right. you know, all right, well, let's, let's, let's figure out how to wrap, wrap them in together. I just, the biggest thing I would say is just, you know, to your listeners is just not to dismiss the idea of going because, you know, the flight is longer or because they don't speak English when you get there. There are so many easy ways around all that. 
if, if I were going to start somewhere, it would be Tokyo. I was told before I went, I should probably expect somebody try to try to help me and see if I needed anything before we left the airport. And I'm telling you, I got 10 feet outside of customs and somebody just a per- not a worker, just a person came up and just asked if I needed help. Do I know where I'm going? The first time we tried to use their uh, subway system, I walked up and looked at the machine. There was an English button. I hit the English button, but then somebody walked up and asked if they could show me how to use it. I'm telling you, the people in Japan are fantastic. Um, They're, you know, between using the Google Translate app and being on Disney property, you, you don't, everybody speaks English on Disney property. Right. It's just not scary. That's the point I wanted to get across. You know, I thought, well, if I'm going to be on your podcast, the one thing I want to do is try to explain to people and show people that it's 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 not scary to go to these places. And it's oftentimes no more expensive. And that's that's the crazy part. But it's true. Well, that it is really crazy. Did you guys stay on any of the Disney properties in those countries or? Yeah. So in, in Hong Kong, we stayed on Disney property. And the reason for that is because uh, Hong Kong Disneyland is basically built on fill that used to be Lagoon. So they filled it all in and then they have their three, or I think now four hotels. And if you don't stay at one of those hotels, it's a 20 minute cab ride just because that island is kind of off. So by itself, you know, there's no there's no Hilton or Sheraton or, or Ramada Inn or whatever, anywhere close. So in Hong Kong, yeah, we did. In Shanghai, um, Shanghai's just kind of plopped right in the middle of the t- city. So um, we just stayed, I forget the name of the hotel, the Cube, Q-U-B-E. That's where we stayed. It was, it was a very nice hotel. Uh, we also got very familiar with a hospital in Shanghai. Oh, no. Yeah. Lauren, our, my oldest, uh, yes. who you know. Um started not feeling great on before we even got there. And um, she, then she started, by the time we got there, she had this crazy rash. And I thought, well, this is going to be a problem. It was 3 a.m. Oh, no. It was 3 a.m. I'm like, I have no idea. I'm trying to call my insurance company, see what the deal is. So I take her to the, I take her to this hospital. I, I figure out how to tell a cab driver we need to go to the hospital. We go to the hospital and I was paranoid. What's this going to cost me? What's, what's my insurance going to do? The doctor appointment and the prescription was $17. Oh, my Lanta. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was at three in the morning. I won't drone on about the hospital, but that was at three in the morning where we had to wander down hallways completely dark, had no idea. I walked past a, a laundry room where somebody was throwing up in a, in a work sink. Like it was, it was just, it was crazy. Oh, that $17 included blood work too, by the way. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. I know. We were we were in and out of there because they were like, oh, we need to get these people in and out because they, they knew that we didn't know what we were doing. And we were in and out of there in an hour and a half. It was scarlet fever is what it was. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Did she get that on the plane or something? Or I think, she, well, I, I think she had strep throat before we left. This is before COVID. Okay. Uh, she had strep throat before we left. Apparently, if you don't do anything about strep throat, it can turn into scarlet fever. So that's what it ended up being. And, um, you know, Shanghai, you, you know, we stayed, we just, like I said, we just stayed, you know, in the city somewhere. In Paris, the first trip, we stayed at what was the uh, New York, New York Hotel, which is now changed to the Marble Hotel. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. This past time, we we didn't. We've kind of gotten over the need or or desire to stay on on Disney properties for the most part. We find that we'd rather spend that difference in money at really nice restaurants in the parks or, you know, things like that. In Paris, it's a 15-minute walk, maybe a little more, from the Marvel Hotel to the front gate of the parks. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a hall. So we actually stayed at the Magic Castle, which was a quarter of the price. The room was really nice. And every day it was a five-minute Uber. We were to the gates of Disneyland Paris faster than we would have would have been if we would have stayed on property. So crazy. Yeah. in At Tokyo Disneyland, we've stayed, we stayed at the Miracosta which is the uh, equi- their equivalent of the Grand Floridian, super swanky. I remember at the time, the, on our first time to Tokyo Disney, uh, Lauren and Gabby, that are my two oldest, wanted to go swimming. This was before Kinley was around. And uh, they wanted to go swimming at the pool. Okay, no problem. At the end of the trip, we realized you got billed $40 American per person. Oh, my gosh. To get in the pool. We had no idea. And then that's when we found out that in Japan, a lot of times at hotels – Pools are not complimentary. If you use your card to get in the pool, you get hit with the charge. Oh, my Lanza, that would be crazy. Right. So we stayed at the Miracosta on the first trip. The monorail line there is a little different. They have a monorail in Tokyo and it goes it goes from one part to the other. But then it also stops stops in front of I want to say there's 11 partner hotels is what they call it. Kind of like Disneyland. We stayed at the Sheraton. We stayed at uh, the Hilton. And they're all 60-second walk to the monorail, and they're a third of the price of the Disney hotels. I mean, out our window, we had a perfect view of Space Mountain. Uh, or a perfect, you know, the other time we had a, a great view of the Mount Prometheus, the volcano in the middle of Disney Sea. Most of the time, we'll stay off property these days, and, and we'll allocate that money. Maybe that helps compensate for a little bit more expensive plane ticket to get there. Yeah, very cool. Well, I've not given up on the idea. I just am a little nervous just because it's something I've never done before. And I think that that's how most people are. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And that's why I thought, well, maybe this would be worth talking to you about because it really is it really is just the case of just, you know, uh, just breaking that ice. The first time you do it after the after the it's like anything else that, you know, like like when you were little and the first time you didn't want to get on a roller coaster because it was too scary. You know, and exactly. then, you, and, you know, or your, you know, your daughter, she gets on the roller coaster, gets on that first roller coaster, and then she gets off and she's, she goes, oh, that's so awesome. Let's go do it again. Why didn't I do that sooner? It's, it, that's exactly the same case with going to these parks. Yeah. Well, we definitely need to sign up to do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm available. You know, my number, I can, I can help you. I can help show you what to do and everything else. And then, you know, I do it all the times. I do it for free. I, and people keep telling me you should charge for this. I'm like, that's eh, fun. It, it's, it's how I, you know, I get my fix in between when we get to go. That is how I started as an agent was I was helping people and they're like, you should do this. And I'm like, I don't want to charge people. And they're like, oh, well, it, for us, it's not, we don't charge the people. The suppliers are the ones that give us a portion of the thing. And so that's where you make your thing. But I do know that we can't book Disney stuff outside of because each one, like you were saying, is owned by that country. And so they don't let uh, Americans book for them. They book their own stuff. That's true. Um, that's true. It's now it is so much easier than the first times we went, you know, the first times we went, it was tough to figure out how to book 
Hong Kong Disney and Disneyland Paris because there weren't English versions of the websites. Right. And it wasn't super easy. But now I'm telling you, going to book a trip to one of those resorts is as easy as it is booking at uh, Disneyland in California or, or, or Disney World in Florida. It's, it, you know, they've, they've really made it a lot simpler, but you are right. I mean, a lot of people just have this preconceived notion of it being, you know, um, you know, just kind of a, a, a too big of an undertaking or just the fear of the unknown. Right. It's worth it. It's cool to see your kids see other parts of the planet. Right. You know, just the stuff that the stuff that we've seen and things that we've done. I mean, we've been up Mount Fuji you know, in, in Japan. And, and you know, it, it's just, it's cool. And they remember it and they still talk about it. Kinley had a blast in the pair of uh, catacombs in Paris underground. So there's something to be said for that. For sure. That is something that I think that we miss out on not leaving the country is giving the kids that experience. I think that's why I love World Showcase so much because I learned so much about the different places at Epcot. I've learned, I always liked it from the very beginning, but I have learned to love it because it's just such a neat place to be. So I should just do it based on what you're saying. Rip the bandaid off. Go for it. Well, yeah. Well, we're getting to that place like you. I mean, Kenley is going to go to college eventually, but um, we're getting to that place because our kids are adults because I think. Uh, Lauren graduated with Kaylee and I think Gabby graduated with Joey. So yep. we're in the same spots. And uh, so uh, we're looking at retirement not too long away and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, things to do. Yeah, I know. I, I get it. I'm I'm uh, I'm glad we still have Kinley around because uh, it gives us an excuse to go to go to all these places and, and still go to all the Disney parks and still have a kid with us. Oh, you don't need an excuse. That's what I tell everybody. I'm uh, my first single person, single trip was very difficult for me because I thought, no, this is that you don't go to Disney without your family. But there are a lot of people that do. And it's fun to go by yourself. Um, you just have to get in a right mindset. That was very difficult, even going with Brad. But we do one trip a year, just the two of us now. And I think a lot of people do. And we don't necessarily even have to ride the rides. We just want to go and enjoy being in the bubble, you know. Yeah, we, we, we toyed for a while. We toyed about the idea of moving to Florida because also I was meant to live where there's palm trees, not in the middle of as far away from an ocean as possible like <laughs> I do. So uh, we toyed with it for a while. I hear mixed mixed thoughts from people that do move. You know, some people say that it just, you know, it kind of dulls the magic a little bit when you when you're when you're able to go there all the time. But I don't know. I, I think I could do like you're talking about just, you know, pop into Epcot solely to go to, uh, you know, grab teppanyaki dinner in in uh tokyo in japan or uh, uh you know grab one or two rides ah so this such and such is short let's hop on that you know it would be nice to be able to do that and not have to make a week or a week and a half long commitment to go do it correct and that is um what we are considering but we don't know for sure but everybody i know that personally moved there has had no complaints they said it has not lost the magic. The magic for them was lost when the reservations for a while were where they couldn't get in the parks. And they wanted to do the whole, oh, we can't go to, we just can't drop by Epcot or Magic Kingdom tonight because we wanted to after work for dinner because of the reservations. But those are stuff's going away. So 
And you know what? That's You actually bring up a very good point that I should mention. When you go to these international parks, you don't have to plan your rides and your restaurants six months in advance. Oh, that <laughs> you, is nice. It's, it, you, 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 can, you show up and you wander like you usually do. If you go to Hong Kong, I think they still have paper fast passes. I don't even think they've moved to anything else yet. You know, it's, it, it, it is, um, it's much more a fly by the seat of your pants, what do we feel like doing now sort of trip. Um, which I love. That's one of yes. the things that frankly took the mag- a little bit of the Florida magic away for me is just um, if you don't know how to work the system and you don't commit to working the system, you are not going to do as much stuff as everybody else there that's working the system. Which is why we always tell everybody to get an agent. Yes. I own a couple of businesses technology related. Right. I like technology but I don't like technology when I want to go to the parks with my family. You don't get to do more things. It's all smoke and mirrors that people right. think they get to do more things. It just dis- it's displaces the clouds or crowds. You know, I mean, now those secondary and tertiary rides that used to always just be a total walk on, now you have to schedule them. So those those are what you miss out on or, or, are the ones that aren't marquee uh, headliner rides because um, you used to be able to walk onto them and now you, now you got to schedule them just like everything else. Correct. But I digress. That's not a thing at the other parks around the world. <laughs> that is very, very nice to know, though, that because there is more spontaneity that way. Absolutely. So, well, thank you so much for being on. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. A few final reminders before we sign off. If you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can text us at 636-373-4497. If you'd like to book a trip to Disney or wherever, reach out to me for a free quote at 636-373-4497. You can check us out on our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, The Mousecapades and More Podcast. Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show when we dish all the latest rumors and news and chat with the gang. Thank you so so much, Tony. Again, I appreciate it. You have eased my mind about possibly leaving this country um, to go and see all the greatness of Disney other places. And I think it's about that time. Disney love. Have a magical day, my friends. So I look up at the stars to guide me and throw caution to every warning sign. I'm sure there will be challenges that find me.